Good morning, this is the Eager Beaver Show. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Good morning and hello, kids, and welcome to season three and episode number 243 of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Cryo Media Network. Yeah. Today, recording day is Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, and whatever snow we had melted. And it's going to be a nice day at the Beaver Lodge. A little cloud, but a little sun. And if everything is according to plan, we might actually hit 10 today, which is pretty good. I'm your host, the Eager Beaver, pronouns he, him, hey, Mr. Beaver A. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Mr. Grizzly. Apologies for the late start today. That's my fault. It was a very short night, (laughs) as you can maybe tell from my face if you're looking at me. So I got a bit of a later start to today, so I thank you for your patience. Thank you to our podcast founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Misfee Mysteries from Corvid Boone Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. And before we do anything else, let's do the most important thing we do every day here at the Beaver Lodge, which is say hello to you, Mr. Grizzly, and ask you, how is your mental health today, sir? Good morning, Mr. Beaver. Mental health-wise, I'm actually, I think I'm pretty good today. Yeah. A little tired, because I... I had a relatively sleepless night, but to that, all things considered, I'm feeling pretty good about myself today. I didn't accomplish a damn thing last night. I got home. I was, I, I had a mountain of work to do and I started this project and that project and another project and my ADHD brain wasn't able to hyper-focus. So I was mm-hmm. like, there was a squirrel every three feet. So gotcha. I didn't get anything done. And then it's, I'm supposed to go to Scotch and Cigar. I'm like, you know what? I've just, there's too much work in front of me. I'm overwhelmed. So I sat down on the couch and relaxed and chilled out. It was just, it's been a super busy week and we're only Thursday morning. So yeah, yeah. it's the same here. I'm just, oh, <laughs> I'm, as you, you can maybe even tell it in my voice, I'm a little poopy kid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, kids. Well, uh, show note, I get show note. Is it a show note? I don't know. Things not. Programming. I'm, I'm going to be in Toronto tomorrow evening. 
yeah, heading down to Toronto after work tomorrow. Uh, Going to be there for the weekend. Uh, so be there Friday night, Saturday, and then heading back Sunday. Going to the Horseshoe Tavern Friday evening to see Widemouth Mason. They're playing there. So oh, nice. Good show. Yeah. Haven't seen them in a long time. And mm. I was just, I was like, I looked at where we're staying and I thought, I, I think that we're close to the Horseshoe. Yeah, we're really close to the Horseshoe. Uh, who's playing there on Friday? Now, who's playing there this weekend? And yeah. I thought, Widemouth Mason. I love that band. I haven't seen them in a long time. So yeah, I'm going to go venture down to see them on uh, Friday evening. So, that's, yeah. a, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. They just came out with a new record. They haven't been on the radio a lot lately, mm-hmm. but I'll be honest with you. I, I, since I don't have a car anymore, I don't listen to the radio all that much, <laughs> which I should. I have friends who work in radio in this city, so I should probably start tuning it on. I have a tuner. That's mm-hmm. part of my big sound system. And my phone has tune-in radio. And my buddy's station, John Milky, John the Milkman and Milky with BlastTheRadio.com or BTR.com. So I, I do listen to his show frequently, especially at work, because I can just tune it in on my phone. Mm-hmm. But I should start paying attention to more local radio, because I have so many friends who work in that industry. And there's been cutbacks and station closings. And Ottawa's oldest radio station is shutting down. Uh, CIWW or W1310, which became okay, yes, yes. City City Talk or City it's News. CKOY at one point? No, no, CKOY. Oh, okay. I thought 1310 1310 AM. CKBY okay. is FM. FM. 1.1. Okay. Yeah. So the station was 101 years old. And because the AM market is almost non existent today, even for talk, they, they just shut it down. TSN 1200, which is the Bell owned media, Bell Media owned. AM station in Ottawa. There's only, I think, two AM stations now. I don't even know if there's any on the Gatineau side of Francais that are, are broadcasting on the AM bandwidth anymore. So yeah, a few people were let go in an entire news department because that's all W1310 or, or City Talk, I guess it was, was just news. Gone. Shut it down. So the, the frequency has been abandoned completely. It was inevitable uh, with AM radio, the, the death knell was sounded as soon as FM began. It just was a very long, slow <laughs> approach to death because of uh, CRTC bandwidth stuff and rules and regulations. Anyway. Mm-hmm. anyway. All right. Yes, I digest. <laughs> Kits, we are going to continue where we left off yesterday, talking about that even more disastrous press conference than the previous disastrous press conference of the Republican governor of the great state of Etobicoke. Yeah. Doug Fraud. Drug Ford. Drug Fraud? <laughs> Drug Fraud. No, Doug Ford. Fraud. No, Doug Fraud. Nope. Fraud? Ah, whatever. Anyway, we left yesterday where a journalist was asking a question. I'm going to replay that one because, and then the one that follows, because these are Two questions that you want to pay attention to because I have a feeling, I don't know why, but these are two very precise questions that will probably eventually sink him. I have no doubt. All right. You notice, notice, did you notice my background? Yes, I did. I it's, did. I hope to have it completed this evening. Yeah, there yeah, you go. All right. All right. Let's roll it. Let's, let's listen to Premier um, Skipper. Premier, it's Jessica Smith-Cross from the Trillium. Hi, Jessica. Hi. We know you were at a fundraiser hosted by Sergio Mancia on October 20th, 2021. We now know his company documented in a letter to your office that you agreed to pursue his request to remove his property 
from the Greenbelt at a meeting on that same date. Did you agree well, to do that for him? First of all, let me be very clear. We, we have hundreds and hundreds of fundraisers. That's the political process, no different than any other party. And you're asking me to remember what I did or said two years ago. I can't say I, I said that. Number one, that was, if you're saying the date, that's what, a year and a half before any decisions even crossed our desks or even talked about anything to do with making any changes. So to answer your question, I can't remember that. But I do talk to thousands of people all throughout the year with great ideas. Follow up on that exact yeah. thing. You told the commissioner. Okay. Thousands of people make thousands of decisions. So the Pierre, Polliver, Daniel Smith thing again, right? I meet a thousand people, take a lot of pictures with a lot of people. Notice how his voice was really quivering on that one. I don't remember. Oh, no, he remembers all too well. Yeah, Your voice doesn't does. quiver like that if you don't remember. So he's the guilty child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you take the candy with chocolate all over his face? No, it wasn't me. Yep, yep. And then the next question to that is. Oh, sorry, yes. you want me to play? Yes. <laughs> I'm only on my first coffee. That's okay. Hey. Way I can, and I'll continue to assist him. Good morning, Camille with Radio Canada, CBC Hi. French. Hi, um, how are you doing? Premier, the Integrity Commissioner recommended two months ago that Steve Clark be reprimanded formally in the House. It still hasn't happened. Are you going to act on this eventually? And if not, why not? I just lost the last part. The, the Integrity Commissioner said what? what? He recommended that Steve Clark be reprimanded, formally reprimanded, and you still haven't acted on this recommendation, will you? Reprimanded? Uh, Steve Clark is no longer the minister. That's pretty clear. So we'll leave it at that. And a question oh. for my colleagues in the north after the tragedy in Sault Ste. Marie last okay, week. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stop it. heard renewed calls for the Okay. Did you check that one? Yeah. Stephen Clark, the minister, he was supposed to be reprimanded. Mm -hmm. That was one of the recommendations, remember? Now, this wasn't the recommendation from mm -hmm. the Auditor General, but the Integrity Commissioner. And Doug Ford is going, Steve Clark is no longer the minister. That's that. That's all there will be. Huh, gee. Now, Steve Clark resigned. Yes. You didn't fire him. You didn't make him suffer any consequence. And then the integrity commissioner said Zero. that the legislator later needed to reprimand him. You need to lead that initiative and you didn't. And uh, you don't want to. And you pulled Daniel Smith. And that's that mm -hmm. or whatever, that little thing that you did to end that little thing there. And gee, could it be that the reason you don't want to reprimand him officially in the legislature is because, again, Steve Clark lawyered up and reportedly the reason he didn't know anything about it is because when he saw what was going down, because you wanted to saddle him with going half and around, have to tell Ontarians that, yes, now we're touching the green belt after having trotted him out for four years saying that we're not going to do that and he was going to take all the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I bet you you didn't. I bet you you want that to be it, that you don't want to do an official reprimand of the legislature because that certainly won't look good in the court proceeding against you when he sues you. I, and that, I think, is that's where I was about to say. I was about, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking Minister Clark or former Minister Clark. Or, he's still a minister. He's just not in the same position. He's no, singing he's, like a canary. Well, he's not a minister. He's just a member of provincial parliament. Mm -hmm. And, and, Who got screwed yeah, by Ford? 
Yeah, so he's definitely, he's the canary in the coal mine, and wow, is he singing right now. And I bet you Amato's singing too, because if this is the case that Amato was just like this 31-year-old guy, said, oh my God, the Premier of Ontario is really interested in me. Oh my God, he wants me to do this? Ah. And then it just turns out, well, wait a minute, that's what you were setting me up as being the fall guy for this whole thing? Oh. Yeah. Again, got some sign language going on for you. <laughs> right. I bet I like it, Doug, but not that much to take the fall for you. Yeah, so you, you, I owe you nothing. Yep. All right, let's put it back to 1910 because this is a question about something a little different. Okay. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. And a question for my colleagues in the north. After the tragedy in Sault Ste. Marie last week, we've heard renewed calls for the province to call intimate partner violence an epidemic. It You haven't so far. Will you change your mind on this? Yeah, first of all, my heart goes out to, to obviously the victims and the family and the whole community up in Sault Ste. Marie. They're a very close-knit community, and uh, I'm there to support them any way I, I can, and uh, we're, we're just there to, to support them. Uh, what a tragedy. What, what a, a senseless waste of life. Uh, my heart breaks for that whole community. All right. My heart goes out. My heart breaks. Like but there wasn't a yes in there, was there? No. So that would be a no then. So the guy that engages in abuser talk regularly, surprisingly doesn't want to do anything for intimate partner violence. Interesting. Wow, that kind of tracks. Right after telling a female journalist, and we'll leave it at that. With the Daniel Smith plus lips thing. We'll leave it at that. Why did you ask me that question? Don't continue. We'll leave it at that. I said no. Now about intimate partner violence, Mr. Ford. <laughs> I heard a rumor. And, and I, again, the rumor is unsubstantiated. It's just a rumor at this point. But the rumor is that Doug Ford is the world's only living heart donor. Oh. Heart donor. He donated his. He doesn't have a heart. God. If you donate your heart, you don't have one anymore. He's the living heart donor. <laughs> Unlike the liver, which you can take 50% of it, donate it, and it regrows. Oh, man. Like, we got to get some of that liver DNA into other parts of our body. If you lose a limb, how do you regrow that? And yeah. So he's basically saying, I would, he's basically like breaking out to meatloaf. I would support them any way I can, but I won't do that. I won't do that. Sheesh. Lord, no. <laughs> Help them? Never answered the questions. Never answered the questions. It was literally throwing everything and the kitchen sink, just like he did the last yeah, yeah. time. Was, you know, bike lanes, egg salad sandwiches. Olivia Chow's a wonderful person. Didn't you tell us like two days before she got voted in that it would be a disaster? She was like, now she's a wonderful person. And whichever way the wind blows that day is what he's in agreement with. Mm -hmm. And then Bank of Canada interest rates. And he was literally all over the place. But that, that's this is a strategy because one, it allows him to run up the run out the clock. Two, it allows him to say, look at me. I took questions. I took I had a whole like 26 minute press conference where I took questions for 12 minutes. I took about eight, nine, ten questions. I stood there. It's like, yeah, but yeah. Didn't answer any. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what's the, you can take questions, but it creates the illusion 
for all those people that really want to believe, look at that. He took those questions. Those journalists asked them some questions. And he stood there and he took it. He's responsible. That's our dunk for it. We didn't actually answer them. And the way that he answered them only raises more questions. And they is in big, big doo-doo. All right. We'll continue from uh, that point in, I think, 1952. This is a journalist, uh, Liam Casey, who asks uh, a question. And we find out a little piece of information. Okay. Yes. Let's go. Morning, Premier Liam Casey with the Canadian Press. Hi there. Um, Mr. Calandra said last week the former housing minister's office was too involved in the process to expand urban boundaries. Mm-hmm. What did you guys find out? Once uh, the minister came to me and told me that, I said, pull them all. I directed the minister to pull all the OPs, the official plans, and uh, work closely with the municipalities. And we look forward to working with them. I know they're going to make more changes in the municipalities. Just that's the way the system works. There's folks, it's thousands and thousands of changes that all 444 municipalities make. And God bless them for doing it. Um, we're there to support them as long as those changes mean they're going to build more homes for the people. They build more homes for the young people that are, that are looking for the dream of home ownership. That's uh, way out there right now that they can't. So that's why we're up here working every single day for the people to cut the red tape, cut all the regulations, make sure we speed up the the process. And that's what we're going to continue to do. Uh, We're going to continue building homes to meet our target of 1.5 million homes, working side by side with municipalities, which we have a great relationship, by the way, and with the federal government for additional funding. Skate, Dougie, skate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he skates fast for a big guy. Eh? If you pull this leg, it plays jingle bells. Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. So again, Calandra said the forming housing's minister's office was too involved in the process to expand urban boundaries mm-hmm. because you have the green belt stuff. And then you also have the urban boundary expansion, right? And then you yeah, got the so therm thing. And then there's so many of these, <laughs> I mean, Again, over 110 MZOs in in five years. Now, once again, look where he started the clock, right? When Paul Calandra, the new housing minister, after the Auditor General report, after the Integrity Commissioner's report, like this, informed me of everything that happened. I pulled those. I pulled those. As we said yesterday, yes, but the questions are about the time when you were the pusher. Doug. When you were yeah. pushing those. Maybe this is why Clark lawyered up. Because it seems that, oh, Calandra, I looked at this and wow, the forming housing minister's office was too involved in the process. Yes, but it seems that the housing minister wasn't. And who made the housing minister's office very involved? Maybe the guy who put Ryan Amato in his office? Which was not Steve Clark? Well, And then, of course... It was after he said that it was kitchen sink time, wasn't it? Eh? Oh, home oh, ownership. We have to build a home, and all those young people need to build home and, and studying, stuttering, and doing that, that, that. That's not all, folks. Oh, because there's so much more when it comes to Premier Porky Pig. We're finding it out. All right. Let's continue again to 2151. So we'll start where we are and uh, just continue to 2151. Uh, okay, so g- given what what you just said about telling Minister Planner to pull the urban boundary expansions and what you guys, whatever you guys did find out, 
Did the RCMP investigate the urban boundary expansion? No, I haven't talked to them at all. No, but should they? No, again, this is a change that happens in every single government, municipal and provincial, changing boundaries. Honestly, it's all part of the process. It happens all the time. Thousands and thousands of them get changed through the... Does it so? Does, does it, the, really does it really don't? No, it doesn't. And again, the question was, basically, since they're investigating you on the green belt, should the RCMP now be investigating you on the urban boundaries? And that's when the, oh, no. First, the question is, no, I haven't talked to them. No, the question was not, have you talked to them? The question was, should the RCMP be investigating those as well? So you pretended like you didn't hear the question so you could respond to something else. And then they asked it to you again. And then you broke out. Hey, Dougie, did you eat the cookie? No. Like no. This. Meanwhile, as you got to prints no. all over the wall. What? What me? <laughs> it's like the little girl. Is that your lipstick? It's my yipstick. Where did you get it from? Home Depot. <laughs> My yipstick. My yipstick. I, I got it from Home Depot, not from Mom's purse. No, no, from Home Depot. Because <laughs> Home Depot sells lipstick, apparently. Apparently. Wow. <laughs> Home Depot for all your health and beauty needs. <laughs> I guess. Well, they're selling auto stuff now, so why not? <laughs> all right. You need some wipers and some lumber. Home Depot's got you covered. Oh, jeez. All right. Let's try. Continue on where we're, continue on from where we are. Okay. The municipalities, and we're going to work closely with them. This will be the last reporter. Good morning, Premier. It's Rob Ferguson, Toronto Star. Hi, Rob. Good morning. Just uh, wanted to follow up on Jeff uh, Gray's question from the yep. Globe. You, he was asking about a property, I think it was up in Nobleton. Yeah. Um, and then you said you weren't aware of it like being re removed, and then you said, no, you didn't do it. So those kind of like are two different answers. Well, it's very clear. I wasn't aware of it. Let me be very clear on that. I don't even have a clue which land you're talking about. Again, <laughs> there's thousands and thousands of changes. And when there's thousands of changes, there's no one person that can review every single change. Mm -hmm. But our goal at the end of the day is to keep the economy strong, which we're doing, creating over 700,000 jobs Bring it home, five Dougie. years ago. And we're going to continue growing the economy, making sure we have more money into people's pockets until they can go out and do things they might otherwise not be able to do. And one of the big things is to buy a home. Mm -hmm. we That's right a lot of money. We right now in Ontario are seeing massive growth, which is a good thing that other jurisdictions around the world don't see. And I had an opportunity to talk to my counterparts in the U.S., four different states, and they can't believe how well we're doing here in Ontario compared to the U.S. It wasn't only two months ago that we created more manufacturing jobs than all 50 states combined. Ain't and I we're great? Gonna keep going on that pace. Mm. Last month, job records were 20,000. We're going to keep focused on the economy because when you have a strong economy, you can put money into healthcare, you can put money into infrastructure, you can put money into transit and roads and highways and education. And that's exactly what we're doing. Folks, we're blessed to live on Ontario. We live in the greatest jurisdiction in the world. We have a strong economy, strong people, the best people in the world. Stay on the talking points. We're going to continue moving forward. But I want to thank everyone. And uh, just a message to everyone out there tonight. Drive carefully. Drive slowly. The kids are going to be out there trick-or-treating. 
and uh, having a lot of fun, and we'll be uh, out there. I was thinking I'm going to dress up as a media person tonight. I don't know if it's Colin DeMello or who, but maybe I'm going to try to dress up as uh, my buddy Colin. I might Premier, try it. Premier, just one, one quick oh, follow-up. Sorry. I <laughs> yeah. thought you were done. I no, apologize. No problem. No problem. You were saying a, a couple of minutes ago that you were cleared by, you and your office were cleared by the Integrity Commissioner Auditor General. Uh, I'm yep. wondering if some people might hear that knowing your government's under RCMP investigation and think you're a little cocky because those those probes had probably not anywhere near the scope that an RCMP investigation is going uh, well, So let, are, do you not risk coming off as coming off a little too cocky? No, let, let, let me tell you something. Right? I'm the last guy out there that's cocky. <laughs> You guys beat me down every day, so I'm not cocky. I'll tell you one thing. I'm confident in the process about building homes. I'm confident in the process as we move forward, working with the municipalities to build homes. That's my only goal. Ontario um, isn't building anything, Just to though. do what other governments do. They just wash their hands, walk away, and say, I, I, I don't worry about that. Because in reality, it's a municipality's responsibility. We're in there doing everything we can to help the municipalities uh, build homes for the 800. He did get that right, though. It is the municipality's responsibility. It was downloaded to them. But Ontario isn't building a damned thing. Nothing. Not a woodshed, not a pile of leaves. Ontario is building nothing. But he keeps talking about how we're building homes. 100,000 people that arrive this year, that will arrive next year, and the year after that. That's what we're doing. Simple as that. But I want to thank everyone uh, for the questions and uh, have yourself a great day. Enjoy Halloween. Take care. <laughs> yeah, th thanks for coming out. Okay. Thanks for coming out. So a lot of stuff happened there. Number one, that was the third time in this press conference that the Nobleton property has been mentioned. Keep Nobleton in mind. Just Put it in the filing cabinet up there because you're going to be hearing about that <laughs> definitely again. Again, skating. No, we do thousands of reviews and no one person can review every change. We asked maybe no one person can review every change, but you can have many people performing a review of every yeah. change and one person supervising it all. And wasn't that Ryan Amato? Mm-hmm. And then Steve Clark was supposed to be. And then, of course, the kitchen sink, right? The U.S. admires us. I created more jobs than all the manufacturing jobs than all the states combined. Look at me. Ain't I great? Ain't I grand? Yeah. But the question, <laughs> we don't care how great you are. The RCMP is investigating you. We want to ask about that. Yes. Yes. And then, of course, he then tries to end with the folksy thing that he started with, right? Like this, he started like with the energy and the smile. It's like, hey, for Halloween, maybe I'll go like call him the mellow dude. You should keep his name out of your trash mouth. That never works out for you. <laughs> well, Linda's comment, talking about dressing up as a brown man, is not optimum. Oh, good catch, Linda. I missed good that catch. completely. Yes, very subtle, subtle. And then, after trying to end the conference, like that's when he gets asked, "Are you cocky?" Hey, maybe I'll go up like Colin. So right after he's being cocky. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm the last guy out there who's cocky. Really? 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 You wanted to bring in Ron Tavener. You wanted that van. You're riding on the gravy plane. 
this performance, the belief that a gas tax cut will make it all go away, that it will yield no new noticeable difference to any citizen because it's just a continuation of something that's already in the place now. That was your big news. I'm holding a press conference to announce nothing's changing. <laughs> We're doing nothing. We've been doing nothing and we'll continue to do nothing. It's like, we've come up with nothing and we're all out. We've done nothing. We're all out of ideas, man. Yeah. And then, oh, I'm not cocky. I come out and here in the press, you guys beat me down every day. Not for the 17 days previously when you were in hiding. Uh, that's a penalty. You do that. You go to the box two minutes by yourself and you feel shame. Mm -hmm. And then you get free. So we be, and the press certainly didn't beat you down every day in the last election campaign, did they? Mm. Despite the fact many, many people died on your watch. Yeah, he somehow, and we still are, are baffle gapped at how that he got reelected. And it, and I'm, and again, I'm going to go back to the polls said he was going to get reelected. The media said he was the choice. They pushed in that direction. According to a lot of uh, right-leaning people in this country, extreme right-leaning people in this country, and, and and a lot is, I don't know, a couple thousand, the ones who have the loudest voices online and not the vast majority of, of the citizenry of this nation, mm -hmm. uh, those ones tend to yell that, oh, the, the, the left-wing-owned media. Yeah, about that. Every single media company in Ontario said vote for Doug Ford. They pushed in that direction, said he was going to win, said it was going to be a majority. A lot of people just said, my vote doesn't count. What the hell's happening? I'm not going to turn up. We had a 43% turnout. And as a result, he gets a majority with what? 13% of the vote. Yep. He was presented as an inevitability. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. This is why polls should stop when the writ is dropped. Yep. And then the finale, I'm not cocky. I'm confident in the process of building houses. That's the process that landed you with an RCMP investigation. Dumbass Dougie Donuts. Confident? He's just not very smart. Dude. Okay. There's only one word to describe that press conference. Ah. <sighs> Pretty much. Oh my God, that was bad. Explosion. That was, it was a big explosion. It was bad. He's in trouble and he knows it. <gasps> He's treading water so fast that if he fell into a bucket of cream, he'd churn it to butter and walk out of the bucket. Oh my word. Yeah, yeah, Kit Tavichi, he's arrogant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's definitely arrogant. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and his whole life he's never suffered for anything. Mm -hmm. Do you have something, Mr. Grizzly? Yeah, I did want to show you something from earlier today. I read this very early this morning. This is pay transparency. Are you familiar with this concept? Nope. I'm going to put this on the screen and then I'll read it. For the folks who are listening to the audio-only version, The did you hear... It's the sound of thousands of hiring managers clacking at their keyboards, updating Indeed postings. 
What happened? All British Columbia job oh, yes. postings must now include salary ranges as mandated by the province's re- recently passed Transparency Act. Employers also can't ask how much you made at your previous job or punish you for sharing your income with your colleagues. Mm-hmm. BC's six biggest crown corps, as well as the provincial government, must also prepare annual reports on systemic pay gaps. By 2026, this will apply to every company with 50 or more employees. Let's zoom out on this one. Such laws are gaining traction across the world. The EU passed a transparency directive in April, while New York and California now require job postings to have pay ranges. In Canada, PEI also passed similar legislation to BC's new laws in June of last year. The feds also passed the Pay Equity Act in 2021, which requires all employers in federally regulated sectors with 10 or more employees to correct pay disparities. Why it matters. Advocates argue that pay transparency laws give workers bargaining power by arming them with vital information when entering compensation talks. Likewise, early studies suggest that transparency measures do a bang-up job of reducing pay inequities. Yes, but... Pay transparency's effect on productivity is hotly debated. Some studies have found that knowing what coworkers make, actually earn, because if you make money, you go to jail, that's called counterfeiting, <laughs> inspires employees to work harder. Others have found the opposite to be true, as employees who feel underpaid start mailing it in. The reason I brought that up was Dougie talked about the 700,000 manufacturing jobs that he created personally himself and had nothing to do with any industry or business needing people in positions. I, my question is, of those 700,000 positions, how many are union positions? Mm-hmm. How many are paid union wages? How many are paid compensation packages? How many get benefits? And how many have a savings program built into them? Oh, also, how many are 40-hour guaranteed work week mm-hmm. positions? full-time positions because you know how companies big national grocers for decades have stopped they've when a union employee retires they replace them with three employees not one person three because those three employees each get about uh, 15 to 20 hours a week so none of them are full-time therefore they get no benefits and get the lowest possible pay rate a lot of retailers have been doing that for decades there's a particular family who combined wealth is about 250 billion dollars i believe the Walton family, you know who they are. They have a chain of retail stores across the world. They're the world's largest retailer. Yeah, they actually, outside of many of their stores in the United States of America, I have not seen it in Canada, but I've no doubt it does exist. They have food bank donations, bins for food bank donations for their employees. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a... You're worth $250 billion combined family income, but you can't pay your employees enough to actually buy food. Yeah. Yeah. And this Transparency Act is also good because, for example, a common practice was, tell us what your salary expectations are. Mm-hmm. Like this, if you don't know what the salary range is for that job, for that position, let's say you're applying for a higher up position when mm-hmm. you are, it's like, you could be lowballing yourself. You could actually be in a bidding war. That's right. Like this yes. to offer your salary at the lowest possible price. That's why they do that. So yeah, this is a good thing. How much did you make before? Oh, gee, we were going to pay a hundred thousand dollars, but you're just going to pay 50,000. We did it before. Let's just make it 65. They'll be happy. Yeah. No, because it's a pay increase. The job is worth what the job is worth. I know I'm way underpaid. Yeah. Way underpaid. This is, I know that that's a good, this is a good law. It is a good law. It's a good law. 
Like it. Um, it's crazy. We just need it in Ontario, the largest province in the country. We're almost 16 million now. Yeah. Little something interesting is happening on the web here. The latest mm -hmm. conservative ploy, if you would put it up, because of course everybody's like really upset, right? Because, you know, a lot of Canadians are getting something the West is not getting with that carbon reduction fee on energy for home heating fuel. So uh, you got Andrew Shearer and you got a whole bunch of other people, the shadow, the, the alleged shadow minister for finance from the Con associate, sorry, shadow minister for finance for the Conservative Party of Canada. Uh, we don't have shadow ministers in Canada, by the way. It's just parliamentary critics. Completely, completely made up. That, that's British because in the UK, they, I think they have shadow ministers in a shadow cabinet, but we just have parliamentary critics. All right. That's right. So you got Andrew Shearer and all of them like this, but this started with the associate God, the associate finance critic, but Andrew Scheer picked it up. And of course, Andy's working hard to keep that report secret, right? So uh, apparently the carbon tax is responsible for 16% of the inflation plaguing Canadians. Trudeau's pause leaves 97% of Canadians out in the cold. Why is he dividing Canadians? So basically what they're saying is they're basically what's happening here is what Andrew really means is that the total carbon regulation pricing over four years would amount to 0.56% of the current 3.8 inflation rate. So 16% of 3.8% is 0.56%. Yes. Mm. Now, they're comparing a total of four years of accumulated carbon tax to an inflation rate, which is year over year. Mm -hmm. So they're taking four years of stuff and cramming it into one year and saying, so they're, they're having fun with numbers. They're really having fun with numbers. So they want you to be upset by 0.15%. The governor of the Bank of Canada said, yes, carbon pricing does add to inflation because all spending adds to inflation. But it comes to a negligible 0.15% per year. It has no big impact at all. So your insurance, however, will probably increase by more than 0.15% this year because there's been a lot of climate disasters this year. So Andrew wants to get mad at the thing that we're doing to keep your home insurance from skyrocketing, but not be mad that your home insurance is skyrocketing by way more than the carbon price ever and by way more. That is if you can get insurance at all. So the question is not why is the prime minister dividing Canadians? Because trying to get Canadians off very expensive and GHG intensive emitting fuel is not divisive. The question is, why do Andrew Sheeran, the Conservatives, want you to lose your home and not be able to get home insurance? What it boils down to. Why are the Conservatives setting you up to lose your home? Because, like I said time and time again, these are Sinos, conservative in name only. They're reformers, right wing evangelical led. They want to take the country back to the 1950s with women barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and BIPOC knew their place. Women couldn't make a medical decision. That was up to the man of the household. They hate Canadians. The only oh, Canadians yeah. they like are the wealthy ones who donate to them and can help improve their lot in life financially by moving the needle left or right, whichever way the wind blows that particular day to put more money in the coffers of the Conservative Party of Canada and thereby giving them nice positions post-political career. 
Mm-hmm. A nice cushy job where they're just a, a minor figurehead, if you will. Yes. It just what I like, makes me want to vomit. Yes, or what I like to call the great conservative recycling program. Because they do believe in recycling. Just each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the other silliness that's going on here. And this one is a bit sensitive. But mm. uh, if you will put it up, Mr. Grizzly. Yeah, just give me a sec here. I, I have different thoughts about this. There's lots of different thoughts about this. Uh, a lot of people but, tried to... A lot of... Here, let me put it on the screen. And I read this a lot yesterday. Imagine making political hay over a child's Halloween costume. Be serious. This is a sick way to exploit deaths of innocence to score cheap political shots. And it's Melissa. I'm sorry, but Justin Trudeau has zero judgment to actually post this. Even if it's a costume, someone beheaded considering what's going on in the world. This is sick Canada. Okay. It's his child, Hadrian. Yep. Who wanted to be, I guess, the headless horseman, perhaps. Sleepy Hollow, yes. For Halloween. Yes. And, and it's a child. Are you going to politicize a child's Halloween costume? To, like, P.P. and Leanne Rude did. Yeah, I know. Is it? The, I don't know. Is it Sarbid? Sabjit. Sabjit. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to butcher it. Sub, Sabjit Car. And, and here's what she's Imagine making political hay over a child. Be serious. This is a sick, sick way to exploit deaths of innocence to score cheap political points. It, it, she's right. I agree mm-hmm. with her. And I get how a lot of people were upset about the costume, but I'm like, it's his child's costume. Yes. And unlike conservatives, again, Leanne Rood and Pierre Polliver, now his two kids are probably too young to ask, but it's, the prime minister didn't have his child, didn't decide for the child what no. his costume would be in order to better fit in with the point he wanted to make. Exactly. Because if the prime minister here, I thought they were both dressed as lumberjacks because of the red and black, but it seems that the prime minister went as a trucker. Yes. Okay, he's just trolling you. He's just trolling you now. Yeah, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, he's not a lumberjack, he's a trucker? That's yeah. why there's no hatchet or axe or saw. Oh, that even, oh, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if the prime minister was holding the axe that Pierre was holding with this photo, that would be yeah. not so yeah. great. Especially when the, the child's costume is a sleepy hollow, headless horse valley. Yeah. yeah, okay. But here's the thing, right? People are... This one's touchy because clearly something horrible happened, but it's like, is it reasonable to have the expectation because something horrible happened someplace else in the world, everybody else in a nation needs to modify their costume to take care of their sensibilities? What Stephen Punwazi says, I get the feeling the ones complaining have never read Sleepy Hollow or anything that wasn't forced on them, which is thing. Yep. Right. So, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and there's one particular person, Alan Fryer, uh, who used to be, I think, a journalist with CB, it was CTV. And he's of Jewish background. So he says, somebody said, you spend too much time on the internet. And he goes, no, it was like, we were traumatized and all that kind of stuff. And it's, but Mr. Fryer, Mr. It's like, you live here in Canada, you know what Halloween is like. The person that's carrying his own head is a pretty typical Halloween costume. It's not outrageous. It's It's not uncommon. If you knew 
you know what Halloween's and you would be absolutely traumatized by images of beheadings, then it's not a beheading, right? The context here is Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. not the Middle East. It's like, shouldn't you have maybe modified your behavior and not been online on Halloween and the day after where you would be likely to see these photos rather than expecting everybody in a nation to choose their costume so as to not offend your sensibilities? Mm-hmm. There's a certain level of entitlement going on here. And Alan Fryer, that's the other thing, is that there's something about this man and the prime minister posting pictures of him with his children that seems to set him off because when they had the Barbie picture, then it was a PMJT on August 2. For the well-being of our children, we ask that you respect and our privacy. Now, we already went through this one, right? Mm. If I decide to show something... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm asking you to respect your privacy doesn't mean I'm going into a hole and I That's won't right. be heard of and seen them seen from. So here's the thing with this guy, Alan Fryer, his entire Twitter feed is a screed of why Trudeau was like the worst thing ever was destroyed the country. Oh, yeah. So when everything Trudeau does is at an 11, if this guy truly was traumatized about it by this, how do we know he's being serious? Please know. He's, if, and this is why I keep on telling people, is that if everything every day is the worst thing ever in the history of the world ever, when something bad really happens, what, what credibility do you have when you... It's, it's like you thought him sleeping, you thought that the government travel service that arranged for him to sleep when he went to the Queen's funeral paying $7,000 for a room was like the worst travesty on the face of the planet. So if he actually was posting a photo mocking people being beheaded over there and not Sleepy Hollow. Which was written 200 years ago, by the way. It's why you can't be at 11 all the damn time because when there's something that actually requires an 11, nobody listens to you. Just, I would like to believe that this man is sincere. Mm -hmm. But there are no lack of Melissa Lansman's as well. Did you see that useless bucket, festering bucket of uh, bull semen that is Viva Frey? Went on a rant about this too. It was a common thing. That's the whole thing, right? Oh, and the thing is, for this game that I play for this to be true. What else also has to be true? It's like, so we're, we've determined that sleepy hollow is Hamas now. Yes. Because that's the only way in which this makes sense. (laughs) Bucket of bull semen is my new (laughs) But it has to be bucket. O apostrophe. Bucket. O bull semen. Bucket-o-bull semen. Every time Kid James pops in to watch the show, he gets a new porn name. Every <laughs> single <notice> time. <laughs> He's going to have more aliases than George Santos. Oh. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Mr. Grizzly. Do we have a show or do you have something else? 
No, we've got a show and I've got to go. So let's let's wrap things up, if we may. We will we'll have more time for you tomorrow. And just a reminder, the folks in Toronto, I will be in Toronto for the weekend. If uh, anybody wants to, to connect with me, let me know. Bridget has a gig on Saturday, downtown Toronto. So while she's doing that gig, I'm happy to meet with anybody. If uh, somebody wants to meet for a, a beverage, I was thinking uh, PJ O'Brien's for a pint of Guinness on a Saturday afternoon while there's a sporting event of some type on. <laughs> I'm sure there's a soccer game or something. I what did you do, Mr. Grizzly? We watched the sports. We watched some sports ball. <laughs> All right, kids and cubs. That's the end of this episode of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Cryer Media Network. We hope that you love listening to us because we loved making this for you. We really do, and you are so good to us. Remember, sharing is caring, and word of mouth is pri- word of mouth is priceless. So please let your peeps and poops know all about us. Uh, We really appreciate it when you do that. And if you would like to make sure you do not miss an episode, because you love our episodes, well, we've got you covered. You just scan that little squiggly there that's right by my face with your phone. Or if you're listening, you go to podpage.com. That's podpage, not cage, slash the true north eager beaver, lowercase letters, hyphen between each one of those words. And if you subscribe there, When we have something fresh off the bandwidth, it comes directly to you. And uh, thanks to the Ray Girl for that. We really appreciate it. And since you like subscribing to stuff, why not go to our YouTube, True North Eager Beaver Media Incorporated YouTube. I already said YouTube. I'm being redundant today. Page. And uh, where we have three buttons for you, like, share, and subscribe. I'm sure Kit, there it is. There's Kit Lane right on cue. Thank you. Smash that button before you leave. Smash those buttons before you leave. Hey. It's like it's Thursday, Friday's coming up. You gotta get ready for the weekend. So now a little pre-weekend smashing. Never hurt anybody. No, not at all. I'm not touching that. That <laughs> touch my. Oh no, I was gonna say I touch myself. My mind is really weird. As soon as you said that, I had the divinal song pop in my the vinyl zoom. <laughs> oh man! And if you would like to help us do more, then you can donate to our emergency hydration fund. Our tip jar can be found at our coffee page. That's coffee, ko-fi.com slash eager beaver, lowercase letters, all in one word. And I'm sure Mr. Grizzly will put it up there. And uh, if you want to scan it with your phone, and uh, that's where you can make your contribution to make sure that we are not parched. Yes, because doing a show parched is really <laughs> oh, difficult. Yeah, James going on again. Touch myself, starting Douglas and Bucket of Old Seaman. <laughs> We're making movies together, James. <laughs> Randy St. Randy St. James. Remember that character from Zach and Mary Make a Porno? <laughs> Justin Long's character. Randy St. James. I think that was his name, Randy St. James. Uh, I remember that. It was like every time. This is a little side thing, but when I was younger and single and on the prowl and I'd meet somebody and they'd tell me their name and it's hi my name's Randy and my only thought going through my head is I bet you are I bet you are <laughs> terrible terrible ah uh, all right kids from the beaver I think that's all oh, yeah democracy is something that you do if you're in Northwest Territories make sure you have your plan to vote territorial elections on the 14th donate to the Red Cross write those letters all right 
from the Beaver Lodge. This is your eager beaver saying it could be a tough world out there. So please be kind to and gentle with yourself uh, because people are losing their ever loving minds right oh, now. Yes. If you have a little island of sanity, just hold on to it, man. Jump on it. <laughs> Mr. Grizzly, words of wisdom? Yeah, if you can, and if you are so inclined to uh, show your gratitude to our veterans by sporting a poppy. Not forcing you to do it. It's your choice. It's a free country. They fought for you to have the freedom to make the choice to wear it or not. Simple as that. Simple as that. Mr. Grizzly, please roll the credits. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum. And The Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. All right, kids and cubs. Before I go, just for those of you who have seen it, because uh, I saw that I think Tavi G made a comment about it, uh, I tried something new uh, because you know Frank, Dominic, and Unlearn and Lisa do these these videos where they try to explain certain something in a certain amount of time, and so I tried a first attempt at it. People seem to have liked it. I don't have editing functions, so I have to do it in one straight shot and <laughs> make sure I get it right. I have no idea how unlearn and Frank and Lisa do it. It was so hard. I had to do it. Practice makes better. I had all. to do it so many times to get it right and to get it under two minutes. For those of you who had compliments for it, thank you. It seems that there's a demand for it, so I might do more of them. And uh, Mr. Grizzly, if you need the original file or something like that, we can maybe put it on our YouTube page as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. we'll do that. All right. Kids, have a great day. Have a beaverific day. See ya. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, 
almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.